Welcome to the Epic Angels podcast. Every episode, we put the spotlight on one of our portfolio startups. My name is Mikey. And my name is Hester. After the conversation with the founder, Mikey and I will have a conversation together with one of our Epic Angels to reflect on this investment. I am really excited about the startup we're presenting to you today, Sahat Kahani. Sahat Kahani is a telemedicine platform connecting patients with doctors. More than half of Pakistan's 220 million population lacks access to quality healthcare. And Sahat Kahani has facilitated over 1.8 million consultations to date with a network of 7,500 doctors. They were recently featured by Forbes in the Forbes Asia 100 startups to watch. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you, Maike. Glad to be here. So let's start with hearing more about you, Sarah, and about your co-founder, Ifit. Um, who are you and how did you get to this idea? Um, so Maike, I'm a medical doctor based out of Pakistan. I'm a mother of two daughters. And the reason why I and my co-founder, Bill Sehat Kahani, is very personal to our hearts. There are two very specific problems in Pakistan that as female doctors, we've seen so far. So when I was growing up, my parents did not ask me what I wanted to be. They told me that I had to become a doctor. And the reason why they said it is because a lot of parents in Pakistan who can't afford their girls' education want their daughters to become doctors. Because when, when there's a woman who's a doctor in Pakistan, her social stature increases and she gets the best hand in marriage. And it is so common in Pakistan that we call this the doctor bride phenomena. Um, so when I entered into medical college, because my parents wanted me to be there, I saw that 90% of my class was also made up by females. Um, but during the years, I saw that the females who had come with a lot of passion and a lot of grit to prove themselves in the medical field started getting married, getting engaged, having children and settling down. So the doctor bride phenomena started working. What it did was, as we streamed through the five years of medical college, a lot of female doctors dropped out. And that's when I understood what actually happens. So we start with a lot of female graduates in Pakistan medical colleges. 80% of our total medical workforce, which is 250,000 doctors, is made up, made up by female graduates. But unfortunately, only 40% of this number works. Others... They settle down, they don't work, they're not allowed to work after marriage, or they're forced to choose between their children, their family, and their profession. So when I started my house job, which is the sixth year of medical college, in which you actually see patients, that is when I realized what is the counter that happens in our rural areas and areas where doctors don't reach. So when I was working in civil hospital Karachi, which is the biggest hospital in Pakistan, I saw that so many patients, women and men, came into a tertiary care hospital in Pakistan comfortably to die. They were facing issues that could have been solved at a primary healthcare level, but could not happen because there was no doctor in their community. Because all the doctors, the majority is either sitting at home and not working, or the male doctors who were going out of the country for better work opportunities. So in their community, they were left with midwives, dais, faith healers, who either did not treat them or maltreated them. And I think that opened my realization that there's a huge, huge part of the country. And as the stats says, 50% of the Pakistani population, which is 220 million people and more, doesn't get to see a doctor in their lifetime. So I saw these two disparities as I was passing through my medical college years. And my fate was no different. So as soon as I got uh, my degree, I also, got, I also got married and I also become a doctor bride. 
the only difference in my case was i wanted to work so i started my residency but accidentally i got pregnant and the the place that i was working i was doing my residency in radiology so they could not they could not keep me because of the risk of radiations of the baby so i quit and when i quit the second day i started working in a community center because i could not sit at home i did not want to waste my education even for a day so i started doing a small community clinic in an urban slum in karachi and i used to see patients there but when i had my baby i shifted to a new city when i shifted to a new city with my daughter i was 26 years old at that time and the first day i stepped into this new house in this new city with a 1 month old i realized i had truly become the doctor bride now because now i could not work i could not leave my child at home alone because i had no support system and that pushed me into intense postpartum depression and the only thing that saved me was my nurse who was working with me in the clinic she called me from karachi and i was in lahore and she said that you know you've gone and we can't find a doctor to replace you because this is a politically volatile community and a slum and not doctors are coming they think it's risky to come here so she said that you know why don't i take you on call when the patient comes and we started doing on call consultations and a week later she had a small laptop and she put a small webcam on the laptop stuck with a scotch tape and we started doing video consultations and that's where the concept clicked that if i being a female doctor can provide consultations to patients from my house in a far community why can't we create this digital platform in which all the doctors in pakistan male and female if they can't work physically or if they can't reach to the patient physically we can connect them through the power of technology and with that concept we started sehat kahani ifat joins to ifat joins two months later and ifat had her own journey so ifat lost a baby in a premature birth because she was working in a pharmaceutical company after completing her graduation and working and losing a baby at work has so many taboos in pakistan the next time she conceived she gave up her job and sat at home uh, so when she listened to the concept she instantly connected to it and because we have we were two female doctors who had faced issues in our lives of doctor brides and seen patients suffer i think that's what connected our passion for creating this platform for other female and non male doctors as well wow that's a beautiful story can you also explain the name of sahat kahani what does it sure. mean so sehat means health and kahani means story and the real purpose of keeping this name was we wanted to keep a local name so that more people can associate with it in pakistan um and my vision for it was that the the story of health in pakistan is not the correct story as it should be so we need to rewrite the story of health and change it for the better so that everyone can get access to quality healthcare and that's why we chose the name story of health or sehat kahani yeah. and when you look at sehat kahani the platform that you've created you're serving different customer segments b2b b2c remote and even b2c in the rural areas could you elaborate on these customer segments and your offering for all of them sure So when Sehat Kahani started it was a passion of two female doctors um we started by creating clinics in low income communities where we train nurses for the telemedicine platform and upgrade their clinics to become telemedicine centers so in a low income community where there is no other doctor available the patient walks in into our clinic and the nurse connects the patient to an online doctor from anywhere in the world We started replicating these clinics across Pakistan, and in two years, we realized that while we were creating a lot of impact, um, the overall impact 
for Pakistan was still low because we were targeting one community. We could give work to two or three doctors in that clinic. So we were not targeting the mass population till then. And at that time, uh, we were a social impact company. So we also needed another line to increase our revenue and our sustainability. So then we thought of creating a mobile application for the mass market, which does essentially the same thing as we did our clinics, but opens it for anyone in Pakistan who has access to technology or smartphone. So two years after making our clinics, we also added a mobile application that allows any patient to connect to a doctor directly. Now, one thing that we saw in our clinics for two years was the real aha moment came when the patient walked into the clinic and they had the instant connection with the doctor. You know, they didn't have to go out of their community. They didn't have to travel distances. They didn't have to leave their day jobs. So one feature that we introduced in our app was you can get connected to a quality online doctor within 60 seconds. And we called it the instant consultation option. And with that vision, we launched our application in the end 2019. Uh, March 2020, COVID came in, and that's when we started selling our app to two customers in Pakistan. So one is an individual consumer who can download the app and use it for themselves and their family at an individual basis. But we also provide an application to corporate employees and their families through their corporate or through their insurance company. So that if you are working anywhere in Pakistan and you don't have outpatient coverage, Sehat Kahani provides that to you and your family through your insurance company or your corporate. And adding these three layers of business together, which is our B2C app, our B2B app, and clinics, we have been able to create something that I call proudly an impact business, that we have a business that generates revenue and inches towards sustainability, but we also create impact by scaling towards those who are still living in low-income areas in Pakistan or rural areas as well. And it's so great to see and how you started and how you've been expanding based upon the customer feedback on the actual interaction with your customers, like how can we make it better? And by doing that, how you've been able to take care of the whole customer journey, really about that, that first consult and the GP care, the specialist mental well-being, to lab diagnostics, to online pharmacy, to even home visits and I think the real smart thing is the end-to-end claim management with insurances. So really taking care of that whole customer journey for everyone involved, how to make that easier and seamless. There is a large market opportunity and that attracts competition, of course. Your advantages are you're the first mover and you have a super strong B2B presence. But I also think the quality of your service is one of your differentiators. How do you assure the quality of the consults given by the doctors? And how do you make sure that the doctors actually want to work with Sahat Kahani and not with some of the other providers? So I think the biggest ease working on a Sahat Kahani platform is the easiness for the doctors as well as for the patients. So you mentioned yourself that it is a one-stop solution. If you're a consumer, you can get access to consultations by GPs, specialists, mental wellness experts. You can order your labs and pharmacy. If you're a corporate customer, you can do your consultations. Again, you can order a lab or you can take a pharmacy pool as well. And now claim management that we have introduced. And if in your clinic, you walk in, you get access to doctors. We can refer to a nearby lab or to a tertiary care center if it's an emergency case. So it's just the ease of services that attracts the customers towards the platform. For the doctors, I think Sehat Kahani provides flexibility. So if you're a doctor and if you want to work on Sehat Kahani platform, whether you want to work for six hours a day, six days a week, or you want to work for two hours a day, three days a week, you can sign up. 
we will not onboard a doctor directly on the platform. We will take their credentials. We will pass them through a quiz so that we know their medical knowledge and their medical grasp. Then we will orient them to the platform. And then we introduce them to a month long of courses on our online learning management system. The doctors who pass these courses are eligible to work on the Sehat Kahani platform. And once they start working, we have a QA department that audits um, their consultations. And how do we get to know how to audit the consultations? And that's the very interesting part. And I think that's a differentiator between Sehat Kahani and the competitors. When we created the application, we thought, how would we know if patients were liking our service or not? Or how would we facilitate a patient in case their call is dropped, it's missed, you know, sometimes internet connection works out. So Sehat Kahani has a 24-7 helpline and call support center. In case any patient's call is missed or dropped, we give them a call back within 15 minutes so that they can be connected to an alternative doctor. Also, we take feedback from 30% of our patients across all platforms and 100% of our corporate patients. So we get to know if they like the service and they like the quality of consult. If we get a dissatisfactory score on the consultation, we will go back on that case and on a case-to-case -case basis, talk with the doctor and see what did not work out. We have not had any malpractice or malnegligence issues on the platform, but in case that can happen one day, we also have a malpractice insurance to give to our customers as well. And I think because we keep these medical audits in check month on month, the QA team works to find any dysfactory case, dissect it down and give feedback to the doctors. We've been able to maintain extremely good quality services across all our service lines. And I think it's also because you and Ifat, of course, you are medical doctors yourself. So you know what quality is and you do understand what it means to give a good consult. You've been growing at an impressive rate, 5.6x growth compared to 2021. Can you tell us a bit more about your traction and specifically your go-to-market strategy for future growth? I think as COVID hit Pakistan, which was in early 2020, because Sehat Kahani was an early move in this space, we really capitalized this opportunity to introduce digital health in Pakistan. And that is the time since we've grown a lot. And especially since last year, as we raised our pre-series A round, we expanded our wings and we focused more towards growth. So in terms of our application, our main go-to go strategy with our corporate application is to work with insurance companies. Pakistan has a 222 million health insurance market and a 2 billion life insurance market. And only 8% of the outpatient market has been capitalized till date. So there's a huge market to cover. Many companies in Pakistan provide inpatient coverage, but no outpatient coverage. So Sehat Kahani goes to insurance companies and tells them that in order to reduce your tertiary care claims and provide more value-added services to your corporates, add Sehat Kahani's outpatient services to your platform. And this is the reason, uh, because of it, 70% of insurance companies in Pakistan work, in, work with Sehat Kahani today. So to all their corporate employees and their families, we provide the service through the insurance company. It extremely accelerates our go-to-market strategy, reduces our marketing cost as well, and enables us to unlock more customers month on month as compared to any other competitor in Pakistan. So that's one. The second is for our clinics. So for our clinics, we work with government or NGO partners to open chains of clinics or upgrade chains of clinics across Pakistan. Just an example, uh, we work with the government of the state of AJK right now, and we have just revamped 13 of their basic health units into telemedicine centers. 
What it does is it reduces our capex of opening clinics because we work with government partnerships or with NGO partnerships. And then we have to work to make the clinic sustainable. In terms of our consumer application, we have a digital marketing and growth team in place that works on three simple KPIs. How many people are downloading the Sehat Kahani app? How many people are registering on it? And how many people are taking consultations? And that is where we reach out to the mass market through our digital and non-digital marketing campaigns, attracting more customers. Yeah, it's really great how you're working together with partners to really elevate the whole business model and make use of that for, for scaling and growth. You know, and also not everyone listening to this call might be as familiar with Pakistan. It's the fifth largest country in the world with a 220 million population. And not only large by population, it's also a very young population, what I understood. What I've been reading is it has a median age of 22, uh, which makes Pakistan the fourth largest Gen Z and younger population. But also uh, English speaking, and I read the fourth largest absolute increase in middle class. That's all amazing good signs for a tech company like you guys. Can you tell us a bit more about Pakistan so our investors understand the opportunity a bit better? So I think the simplest stat I can give you is we're a 220 million population and around 170 million people in Pakistan have access to a phone now and almost 100 million population in Pakistan have access to smartphones. And the internet penetration has been immense as we've started. Um, so for any digital company in Pakistan, as internet adoption is increasing and it's moving from the urban to the rural to the extremely low income sectors, I think there's a massive opportunity of introducing these services to these people because Pakistan is also a place where in terms of health access is very low. Uh, for people who live in low income or rural areas or even in the urban areas, reaching to a doctor is still a very big problem because there are problems of affordability, problems of transport. Women in Pakistan usually don't end up going to the doctors because they don't have a chaperone or someone to take them to the hospital. So A, you have a big population who's using internet and smartphones today. B, they have access and transport issues in reaching to physical services. So I think this is a great story to connect all these internet and phone users to digital services, whether it's health, whether it's education, whether it's fintech. And that's where the population becomes big. I'll throw in another number. Because we're a 220 million population, the primary healthcare market in Pakistan is $51 billion. Even if you just take the first eight diseases for which patients go to doctors again and again in primary care. And that, that we've calculated at least 23 billion of this can be addressed through digital healthcare initiatives. And I think that becomes a very good opportunity uh, for digital health businesses to expand in Pakistan. Yeah, these are some real good numbers to share. And also talking about numbers, what are the key financial metrics that you and Ifat look at to steer Sahat Kahani? What does your dashboard look like? I think for us, it's very important to see how many patients are we reaching. So how many people are downloading the Sehat Kahani app? How many people are registering on it? And then we track within one year how many people are taking their first, second and third consultation because that really talks about the quality of the services. In terms of corporate, then we track how many corporates are we capturing and how many lives are we unlocking across the corporate and how many of them are becoming the users on the platform. But I think once the patient uses the Sehat Kahani application, all our focus is to make sure that for them and their family, they're reusing the Sehat Kahani app as well. 
So out of the total active users that have come on Sehat Kahani platform, 40% have come back and taken a second consultation and 11% a third consultation. So this is very important for us year on year that we increase their follow-up visits on the app so that they use the app for all their primary care visits and we can track their data journey as well. Because we just don't want to be a platform that's providing consultations or connecting people to labs or connecting them to pharmacy. We ultimately want to become a platform that alters a patient journey for the better. So something very interesting that we're working at, we're looking at data for cardiac and diabetic patients in Pakistan because these are the two biggest health burdens in the country in chronic care. And we are seeing that if a patient comes with high blood pressure, how can we through notifications, through appointment reminders, through medicine reminders, through lab reminders, tell them to take better care of themselves, tell them to get their test done, to take their medicine on time so that we can stop that journey before a heart attack happens or a stroke happens for that particular patient, which is an unfortunate reality for a lot of patients in Pakistan. So I think we also want to change disease patterns using our data, putting in machine learning and AI later, and that's where we're heading towards. That's good. I also, I read a McKinsey study the other day where they looked into the VC landscape into Pakistan, where in 2017 and 2018, the total VC funding was around 10 million US dollars in that year. In 2021, Pakistan companies closed 350 million in VC funding. You are currently in your Series A round where you're raising 3 million. Can you tell us a bit more about the status of the round? So out of the 350 million that was raised last year, less than 2% was raised by female-led companies and half of that was raised by Sehat Kahani. Um, And I think last year was a litmus test in creating these different service lines, as we just talked about, and seeing which works and which doesn't work for us. And now we have a very clear pathway of how we want to grow and where we see revenue and sustainability and growth in terms of a company. So now we're raising a series A round to accelerate our growth and introduce new service lines for our customers in our verticals. We're doing a round of $3 million. We've closed half of it and we're raising the other half. And hopefully this round, as we close it, is going to make our users see more ease in our platform. So anyone who's coming on a consumer platform, we want to give them consultations, pharmacy, lab, home healthcare services, so that they don't have to go anywhere else. If a corporate customer is going coming to our platform, we want to cover their pharmacy, we want to cover their claims, we want to cover their consultations and really become a support to the corporate or the insurance company and become a very digitally transparent platform for the corporate consumers and insurance companies because there's a lot of pilferage of information between the two. And we want to omit that pilferage and create a transparent solution. And I think a a bit of this funding will also go in our clinical scale because those people have no alternative uh, in their communities. They rely on online doctors by Sehat Kahani. And those clinics really are used by a population that might not have a smartphone today, but they will have a smartphone tomorrow and they will be familiar by Sehat Kahani services. Um, So just expansion of service lines is what we we need in the next uh, 24 months, which is what this funding will be spent on. Are there any specific milestones you're looking for where this funding will take you? So I think in the next uh, 24 months, we want to increase our GDP by 6x, our revenue by 7x, and also reach to at least 5 million people in terms of Sehat Kahani customers. Those are our basic metrics. Uh, but, but also, I think some of the metrics is 
How do we increase the follow-up rate by the first and the second patient? How do we increase the quality of care? How do we initiate more prescriptions to be given at Sehat Kahani? So right now, we have around 30% patients who are generating prescriptions. How can we take it to 50% so that we know that they are getting quality medicines through the Sehat Kahani platform as well? So these are some specific metrics that we are tracking. I mean, healthcare as such is a trending industry and a lot of tech giants are going in like Apple and Google and a few months ago Amazon acquired one medical for almost four billion. These are great signs of course for investors. What exit scenario do you see for investors in South County? I think there are two or three exits that, that I think would really make the difference for a country like Pakistan. So right now there are telemedicine companies across the world who are getting developed. But there are these regional and global giants such as Babylon Health, such as Teladoc, who are working in geographies uh, where this is expanding to a huger degree. And I believe that Sehat Kahani can become this company that can be acquired by them and we can digitally expand our network in other regions. So I think the application that we've created, the integrated services in terms of B2C, B2B, our clinical solution, can be a great fit for a global partner who wants to come to Pakistan, um, take us as an acquisition and span quickly within the country. The second exit that I see is becoming a part of an insurance or a digital health tech platform. Um, so many insurance companies in Pakistan are now moving towards digital healthcare initiatives and Sehat Kahani solution is a custom-made solution for them to have. And we've already had interest by a lot of insurance companies in the region for a prospective acquisition as well. So first I think is an acquisition, but also Sehat Kahani is uh, focusing towards cash flow positivity in 2024. So I think that would be a good time for us to de decide whether we want to go for an acquisition, a merger with a global giant, or possibility of an exit uh, in terms of going public as well. Yeah. Sarah, you also you approached Epic Angel specifically looking for our investment, even though we are relatively small compared to the institutional investors that are joining this round. Why did you approach us? So I've I said that to you before, and I think I'll say that to you now. Sehat Kahani is a very, very proud female-led company. But unfortunately, we do not have a female investor in our shareholder table as of yet. And I think the biggest challenge has been to find female investors investing in our company. And this will be a biggest privilege because I believe that we need to have that perspective as we are growing and sailing within and outside Pakistan. So my main reason is to find female investors who can join our round, who understand what we are building, the story that two female founders have built. And I think the, the syndicate brings such experience from different women working in different sectors across Pakistan and their experiences will be really important for us as we build and grow Sehat Kahani. I'm in. Thank you so much, Sarah, for all this information that you shared with us today. It's a lot and it's really impressive to see where you took Sahat Kahani the past couple of years. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Maike. Well, stay tuned and we will continue our podcast with Hester and one of the investors to hear more about why we're interested to invest in Sahat Kahani. Thank you, Maike. That was super interesting. Now let's hear from the investors what they have to say about this startup. And please remember, we are not a financial advisor. All opinions expressed by our Epic Angels are intended as educational and reflect the personal research and experiences of the team. 
and welcome to the Investor Talk. Today we have with us Susan Hanna, who has been part of our Angel Investment Network for quite a while now. Susan is a leader in the women's health space and an entrepreneur by heart. From the pharma company MSD International, her team spun out Organon, a new company that finds healthcare solutions specifically for women, where she now leads marketing operations. Before joining pharma industry, she was trained as an engineer and had her own startup. She's an expert in developing markets and especially in the health space. So, for example, one of her projects included the development of a teleconsultation platform for HIV patients in Malaysia. So combining her expertise in developing markets as well as in women's health and having had her own startup, we would love to hear from Susan what is her view on Sehat Kahani and what they're building. Welcome, Susan. Thank you, Hester. Pleasure to be here. It was um, it was very interesting to hear, Sarah, wasn't it, um, to listen about Sehat Kahani, a one-stop impact-based solution to improve the healthcare situation in Pakistan, a country with 220 million people with a median age of 22, of which 100 million have access to smartphones and a growing internet penetration. So very digitally savvy population and a healthcare market of 52 billion. So, um, yeah, what stands out for you the most that makes you so excited about this company? Uh, there's so many things uh, that we could actually touch on, right? So I think one of the biggest things for me is the fact that it's two female physicians with that experience and what we'll call lower resource settings, right? So the fact that they already have that experience, they're coming with that background. They were one of the first movers in this space in Pakistan. I, I think that the lessons learned and what they're bringing to the table really gives them a very interesting advantage in the space. But the other thing that really has me excited, guys, you know, about this is, is the fact that this is around women, right? And when I listened to them, I think she said 80% of the physicians in their network are women. And these are women that otherwise would not be practicing medicine. And, you know, I, I was reading some time ago a book by Melinda um, Gates where she was talking about the economic development of countries and realizing that really economic development depends so much on prosperity of women and the economic development and their economic empowerment because they make so many different types of decisions about how they actually bring their families out of poverty. Um, so, so this is something that in, in the back of my mind is playing about uh, not just this as an opportunity for health, but also an opportunity for economic development for Pakistan. Um, but it's, it's obviously a very exciting area, which is health and the fact that this intersects with both health and development and the quality of service that these women are bringing to the table. I mean, that's the other thing that really triggered for me in the conversation. I mean, I've, I've done a lot of surveying around these telemedicine platforms, but the, the narrative that they had about their quality and how they managed the quality across their platform was super impressive, right? Both in terms of the internal policies that they developed around continuing education for their physicians, around how the physicians get onboarded to the platform, about the amount of time that they spend with patients. So all these things, you know, it really has me feel that this team really knows what they're doing, business-wise as well as obviously health-wise, you know. Maybe also to add to that, what I really like about it, Susan, to your point, it really is based on the quality and based on the product where we have seen other startups in this space where it was more a marketing push 
And yeah. here I feel it's really a product push. It's the quality of the product that gets customers excited, that gets all these partners excited, that gets the doctors excited. The whole ecosystem want to work with them because it's so solid and really based on something. But on top of it, they also make a massive impact. It's not only yeah. uh, just for profits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. clearly. Yeah, and it's the flexibility that they offer. It's the ease of use for the customers as well as the flexibility for the doctors. And to your point, Susan, that they bring in 80% of their doctors are female, which used to be added and that I find a shocking term, doctor bride, which is normal. So you, you yeah. study as a woman, you study medicine to become a good bride, a good partner. That's really sad. And um, they really change this game. Also by allowing this flexibility for doctors, right? She said you can work six hours for six days. That's fine. What is their unfair advantage, would you think? They're first to market. That is good. So now they need to maintain their advantage. Actually, I don't know there's anything unfair about their advantage. I think they should be <laughs> completely fair to have that advantage. But, you know, there's a couple of things. So the fact that they've been running for a couple of years now, I would imagine they're sitting on a fair amount of data. And when you think about that data and what they can learn from that information, from that data, I can't help but think about how they can really use that experience to drive outcomes and to help improve outcomes. And so, you know, one of the advantages I think that this group has is the fact that they've been operating for this this way for a while, they can really figure out what does it take, that, that mix between the physical and the digital presence, like in one of our podcasts, they were saying how physicians afterwards say, okay, you know, I'm gonna see you, when, when can I see you and follow up a week later in person. So this aspect of how you handle the physical and the digital experience, and at what point you bring that person in versus at what point you say, no, I can handle this digitally or I can handle this over telemedicine is one advantage that I think that this group can really have and really leverage. And I think on top of that is also the relationship with the insurance companies and their go-to-market mm. strategy, how they have with the five largest insurance companies in the whole country. I think that covers, if I understood correctly, about 70% of the whole market in Pakistan they are capable of capturing all these companies that are offering the insurance and with that the healthcare to all their employees plus families i think that that's an amazing advantage that they've been able to capture in their yeah. go-to-market strategy especially if they're covering part of that insurance to make sure then that people stay healthy and that there is this preventative aspect uh, that's at play that makes financial sense right so this, this combination of financial sense and the economic development, I think, is, is very interesting. And their plan is to, uh, to stay in Pakistan for the, for the short-term future. Right? This is where the yeah. problem is most apparent, and this is what they focus on. How do you see this? So I see it, you know, their desire to stay first in Pakistan, I see it very positively, right? They really want to prove out the model. I, I personally really hope that they expand because there's so many different opportunities to expand in Southeast Asia. You think about India, but you think about Indonesia, uh, you think about some of these other areas that are adjacent to them or next door to them that could really use that kind of experience and that kind of help. And to do it in a way that is affordable, that creates access at an affordable level. This, this has me very intrigued about the possibilities of expansion. I really do hope that they they think seriously about that. And, and there's things that we can do as a group to help connect them with the capabilities to be, be able to do that effectively. Right? Mm. 
Yeah, and I definitely can see that it's been the it's the fifth largest country in the world. So I mean, I'm really happy in a way that they say we really want to focus in on Pakistan and making sure we we stay the number one in the country. And so I think that that's actually really strong as a founder not to immediately jump on every opportunity, yeah. but really focus in and making sure you you get to that and stay at that level. Yeah, for sure. They would make a great role model um, for similar countries with similar issues if they can make this work and, and really grow in Pakistan. Right? Yep. So she mentioned about the future opportunities of Seher Kahani. Right? So she mentioned merger or mm. acquisition or IPO. It basically all came by. So, Mike, what do you think? I think that an acquisition or merger is the most likely scenario for them. It's, it's such a large market. There are so many dollars right now that are spent in this. I mean, again, look at the Amazon and one medical acquisition where tech giants getting into the healthcare space. I think that could definitely happen to them as well, specifically with the reach and the large B2B market that they have. That would be my, my bet, so to say, that that's the most likely exit scenario for them. What do you guys think about private equity? There are increasingly private equities coming in and buying up opportunities like this. Do you guys have any thoughts or point of view on that? Well, she mentioned to, to partner with a global telemedicine company. So through private equity, that could happen in that way. That they partner with a portfolio company that has a global reach and expand to other countries and grow via such a construction. So I think that that could be an option under the acquisition option. It would be a very interesting private equity player to buy up a couple of these in these lower resource cost settings and be able to find a way to really support and scale that. Uh, I can't help but think that with what she said, the fourth fastest growing middle income class country. So uh, I would suspect that there's got to be a play there across a number of these different countries where I think that these opportunities are undervalued um, for a private equity play to come in, scoop that up and, and really help to build and scale and support that. Great. I would like to hear from you ladies in one sentence why you are excited to invest in Sehat Kahani. One sentence. Oh, my goodness. Sustainable, profitable development. With impact. That's, I think, the, the addition that I would like to do there because it's it really is that bigger impact play that I can see impact on so many levels, but with profits. Yeah. And I may add an awesome team because as you've seen early stage, it's all about the team. The team can make a solution work, but the solution cannot make a team work. And these two ladies are just powerhouse women. Yes. So I'm very excited about this. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Any last remarks that you would like to add? Just thank you guys for building this platform. I mean, it really is a remarkable platform. Epic Angels. It's just... uh, your, uh, your vision is wonderful. Love it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for being part of it. My pleasure. We hope you enjoyed looking behind the scenes. The objective of this podcast is to demystify angel investing and to share insights so you can learn more about the world of venture capital. Interested to see if you can become an angel investor yourself? Contact us via info at epicangelnetwork.com or go to our website, epicangelnetwork.com.